where I come from, you can't eat antlers, so let's go. Smoto. The perfect knife for cutting your underwear. Oh, you might have to take a beer run while we're out, huh? Did y'all see that? I hope y'all saw that, because that's what they look like. How's everybody doing? This is Stephen Marshall, your host, forever and always. This is Outside Stuff, presented by Blue Court Outdoors. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. Had some good times with some good people. And that's going to lead us right into this podcast. Um, when this weekend took the kids up to Nate, Nate came into town for Thanksgiving, all that good yada, yada, yada. And uh, Friday morning, me and the kids loaded up in the truck, headed north up to Dixie, got there. We were able to, um, me and Nate took my oldest boy, Cooper, he's five, and we, we went up to this uh, WMA up there and stomped around the woods a little bit, just kind of, you know, brought the rifles just in case, you know, but weren't really thinking we were out there hunting, hunting. And we just got in the truck and rode around with him, you know, just kind of gave him the, what it's like to go out with the boys kind of deal, which was fun. And then we met up the, the next day. Well, Trevor Thomas from uh, Florida Lead Slinger showed up to come hunt with us out there. And uh, another buddy that we hadn't hung out with uh, before, Jared Busby. Um, you probably know him as Bird Dog Busby, BDB, on Instagram. And he came out and hung out with us. And, I mean, he we dropped a pin out in the woods, and he showed up to the woods <laughs> to exactly where we were. And uh, I think for about 90 minutes we sat there and drank beer and shot the shit and just hung out and i mean realistically we should have recorded that whole conversation there because that thing was all over the place and you know but everyone was having a good time and you know you don't want to sit here and push it and be like hey let's record let's record when you know sometimes you got to take in those moments where everyone's getting to know each other and you're hearing stories for the first time and whatnot but been wanting to get jared on for a while i think he's um He's a great dude. Uh, he's definitely he's super cool in person as well. And he's got a really interesting story, and I really wanted to get him on. And it took about three months, but we finally got him on last night when we got back to the house. Uh, we just sat around on the back back porch there and drank beer, and we're, we're talking. And unfortunately, my sister's uh, condenser on her AC unit turned on for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. But you're going to have that with them big jobs, and... So don't steer away when you hear that, but just mainly pay attention to the conversation because that's realistically all you need to know because it was a good one. Everything, everyone else doing okay? Yeah? Okay. Well, if you haven't already, just know you go over to Carbon TV and see our new video, episode four. We got a Florida opener, it's titled, where Nate and Blake Cox go out there to some private property and they put the shabloopy on on the old scuzz bust and... A little slick head went down on opening morning or uh, opening opening day evening hunt. Go g- give her a check on uh, YouTube and Carbon TV, and then come back here and listen to this damn podcast. All right, appreciate y'all. This is me. This is Nate. This is Jared Busby. In the background, there's actually Jake Atkins, and in the far background, you might hear my kids screaming about a bit. But again, who cares? Y'all have a good one. I hope you love it. Well, Jared Busby. Uh, born and raised Florida, sixth generation. Hunting, fishing's pretty much my entire life, and quit the sheriff's office about five months ago, and 
just been doing slight jobs here and there, traveling with Florida Camo to different expos and helping promote their products and their gear. And then um, just hunting, man. Took a couple weeks just to do my own thing and travel and hunt. And that's what I'm doing up here with y'all. That's a, that's where we, I know we had contacted each other at some point in time on mm-hmm. Instagram. But it was, uh, we met at the Lakeland Hunt yeah, Expo. Yeah, at the I Lakeland remember, Expo. Yep, and I remember walking in. And I saw your truck. Yeah. And I said, I, I, there's only one human being on this world, in this planet, that's got <laughs> a truck completely decked out in Florida camo. If you haven't seen it yet, check his truck out. It's pretty awesome. You can damn near not see it, unless you're looking at the front end, which is yeah. got, which is, looks like a fish. Yeah. But you know, but uh, yeah, we met there, and you were working, not with Florida camo, with booth, Seminole, Seminole Prairie, Prairie. Safaris. Yeah. Yep. And then. That was a, but this year you worked for the camos, yeah, right? Yeah, this year, uh, Seminole Prairie didn't do any of the local shows, so I did, uh, I just went up there and worked with Florida Camo at West Palm, Lakeland, and then we went to, um, God, was it Montgomery, Alabama? I can't remember where that Alabama show was. Yeah, I don't remember either, honestly, but yeah, that one was a actual like. That was a real good show. That and West Palm have gotten a lot better. Lakeland this year was horrible. There probably won't even be one next year. Really? Oh man, it, it was it was horrible. They yeah. used to have one in Tampa at the fairgrounds. Yeah, I used to go Frank as a Sergeant kid. Outdoor Expo. That's where I used to go as a kid, and I used to sit there and go to all those booths and everything. I was yep. like, man, I wish I could do this. And now it's pretty cool that I'm actually like standing behind booths. Selling hunts or selling, you know, yeah, I remember it used helping to, sell I remember apparel. it used to be called the Hunting and Fishing Expo, and Dad used to take me up there, have boats and stuff and everything, mm-hmm. and they had this little thing set up on the side for kids, and it was like a cast net throwing competition. Yep. And I think I was seven years old and, and won it. They, you were throwing like a three or four foot cast net, yep. and you were you had to catch, they had like these little like fish, or I can't remember if they were fish or like rubber ducks, but regardless, mm-hmm. you, they threw them in like this little bat or whatever, and you had to cast net them. Well, they had the little fishing deal out back because at the state fairgrounds, they've got like four big ponds. Yeah, yeah. They, and they a, would they have, have a fishing sections too. decked out for all the kids to go and see. Oh, me and my dad. My dad used to take me. Yep. And they'd only give you, I think it was worms or something like that. Yep. Shit, I've gotten worms or something. Heartworms. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just sit here and scrape my ass on the bucket. <laughs> is that what your problem is, dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit, we brought out hot dogs one day and we're catching catfish left and right. They came and yelled at my dad. I was only like eight years old and they came and yelled at him. Said, well, we're not going to punish the kid, but you can't just bring your own bait. <laughs> can't bring <laughs> hot dogs, man. It's <laughs> the best bait, man. All my buddies call it the Busby bait. I've caught eight-pound bass on hot dogs. While they're sitting there fishing with spinner baits and everything, I'll go out there to try to catch a soft-shell turtle and... Next thing you know, I'm bringing up an eight-pound bass. I was like, I remember living in Fort Lauderdale, and I used to go out there with hot dogs. The only thing I ever caught was uh, brim, you know, on little tiny pieces. But you put a big old chunk on there, you're Mm going to catch a turtle. Yep. Guaranteed. And you're going to think you got a whale on, and it's just a turtle. That's that's one of my favorite things to catch and eat, those soft shells, man. I've always, every turtle I ever caught was like by the foot of the tail. I'm like, how does that even work? Do they grab their food with their, like, their hands? Think so? No. No. Well, then how the hell do no, I catch another fucking? Because you want to snag them? Yeah, you're, you're just ripping it through them. like a, a bed or something. I mean, I've yeah. done that too, but 
<laughs> That's how you're doing it. Well, Bobber goes under and I set the hook and I reel a turtle up by his asshole. I'm like, how the fuck? Probably swimming past it and catches the line and then you go to yank it. And you know what that turtle says? He swims it. by it. He's like, what idiot would eat that? And then yep. he just gets yoked up and sees you at the boat. Like, I didn't want this. Yeah. So, just oh, nothing. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot that wants it. Nothing better than fresh cooter. Oh, totally well, you know. Well. Fresh cooter, man, that'll change a man. It's, it's not. It's show. not fishy. It's perfect. You know. <laughs> oh, it's not like the other kind of cooter. Right? Yeah, 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 not yeah. like the other kind of cooter. Yeah, yeah. You can actually go to Lightsey's restaurant in Okeechobee, mm-hmm. and they have cooter on the menu. Nice. Really? Yep. What is it like? Soup. No, no cooter fried, soup. fried turtle. Cooter yeah. soup. Yep. I didn't know is it white meat? There's. I can't even remember what it was, but there's like, I think they say there's seven different kinds of meat is what they call it in a turtle. I, I only knew that it was dark what? and white, so I, I don't, I don't understand it, but that's like what everybody's always told me, so either way, it's all pink on the I inside. fry it all. It's all pink on the inside. You know, I always think a turtle came in two categories, shell and not shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. Or a soft that's shell it. and a hard shell. <laughs> yeah. No shell? I don't know about that one, but... <laughs> But yeah, that's when we uh, met, and then I was gone, and when we started the podcast, and I think I sent it to you, and you were, that was when you were going on your trip, and you were listening to all these well, podcasts. Well, that one, I think, you, I think that when that one happened, I think we were going to Louisiana for opening deal. Yes, field. you were going to Louisiana, yeah. and uh, you had said you had a 10-hour trip ahead of you, and you had, I don't know whose podcast you had put on your story, but you had put it on there, mm-hmm. and then you did another one. And I was like, this dude's just going to drive all night listening to podcasts. That's all I ever do. I was like, here you go, buddy. I was like, listen to this one. Listen Everybody to this one. Everybody that rides with me hates it. They're like, man, can we put on some music? I'm like, no, it's no, perfect. Take a it nap. You, you, from... you literally just woke up, and now you're telling me to change my stuff? No, take a nap. Go no. back to sleep. Podcasts are the greatest, and I'll tell you why. Because when, the, when you're listening to someone talking to you through the radio, mm. it forces everyone in the vehicle to shut their mouths and listen to what yep. this person. Like, not to say I make my wife tone out in the morning but when i yes, drive her that's exactly <laughs> so yeah, what you're saying she's great to speak kind with of. but when we go in to take the kids to school i listen to uh, a football podcast about like tampa sports every morning monday mm-hmm. through friday and that's what we listen to and even the kids they won't speak they just sit there and it's like it's not if it's music they're gonna go crazy da 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 like right now they're screaming in the house I'll say, but you put a podcast on, it's like they think that they got to shut up. Well, go put one on inside. Let's see yeah, if this works. Yeah, yeah. See if it works. They get the Sports Day Tampa Bay yeah. music going, they're going to all hush up. Damn, what was that? There's your other Sound cats. Sound like a golf ball sized acorn just hit my pole bone over <laughs> there. Other cats. New cats are showing up again. Hi. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's so. I mean, then you had hit me up. Then you were about to go on this long endeavor you just got back from yeah. and you said hey when I get back or no I'm sorry the hurricane hit and I saw oh, what yeah. you were doing and I wanted to I said hey whenever you get a chance I'd like to talk to you about I wanted to talk to you about all the stuff you're doing down there and stuff yeah. you're like well I'm pretty swamped right now with doing this yeah. I'll get with you as soon as I can and then you went on that trip and said hey we're going to delay this because yeah. I got this trip and I'll probably have a lot of shit to talk about oh yeah so, that, was a, that was a hell of a trip for sure so I brought uh, all the warm weather with me yeah. I appreciate but, it. I was up there in that region too, man. Oh, yeah. But I will say, I've done four hurricanes mm-hmm. with the military being spun up for them that have ranged from two days to three weeks. Yep. And they are a son of a bitch, no matter how 
good you might be living while being down there. There's some, there's no power. Everything's generators. Every yep. single person you're in contact with has no power. They probably don't have any food, any water. Like they're not in the best mood ever. No, yeah, and so you have to be super kind, you know. Because I'm telling you right now, your worst day is not as bad of a day they're they're having. Oh no. So we would give. Uh, we would sit there like. Um, the biggest one we did was Michael when it hit the panhandle, that Cat 5, mm-hmm. back in 18, I think. And we were, we were gone for three, three and a half weeks, something like that. And I went to Chipley first and then went to uh, Mexico City Beach. And Chipley, we, like, went to this elementary school and we handed out MREs and waters for, like, seven days. And the town's, like, uh, had the one grocery store and, like, all their meat was going down. So, like, mm-hmm. the... The mayor, I don't know, whoever's in charge of that place, I don't know. They were like, hey, we have all these steaks. We have to, we're going to feed you guys this food. So we ate like kings every day because their meat was going bad. And I remember one day mm-hmm. they're like, uh, this lady walked up. She's like, is there anything else like we could get you? I said, well, you know, I was like, do you guys have any deer meat? Because there was deer all over the place. Yeah. You know? And uh, to the point where I was trying to have my rifle with me, and I was like trying to find some extra round somewhere in my bag that like maybe we could try and go hunting on this yeah. trip, you know. Uh, the neighbor wouldn't allow it. But uh, the next day, she come over and she brought everyone this jalapeno cheese summer sausage, and it was so damn good. And it, but they had to get rid of it because you know everyone's yeah. stuff was going bad and they didn't have any ice or nothing. And then we went to Mexico City Beach and uh, in Panama Beach and that, not Panama Beach but Panama City, and I mean, mm-hmm. just absolutely leveled. And yeah. you know, we that's were, when I had first started with the uh, transportation unit when I worked for the sheriff's office. Was like probably about a month after that one hit, and yeah. just going up there to the different places, it was just oh, it was not, it was chaos. I mean, we were there, in we so I got assigned to the fire departments, and we would work security because I don't know if you know like, but when you have massive power power outages with mm-hmm. those hurricanes, as you start turning power on, mm-hmm. you get a lot of fire because of the breakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of houses are going for. So we would run three fires a day, but we were there because people were looting. So we would go there, you know, we had our cool little vests and our M4s, and yep. we would just kind of just pull security on the mm-hmm. fire engine so people didn't steal the stuff. And, I mean, I watched someone try to save a chihuahua's life, and I'm sitting there like, give up, man. Like, this, they're like, they had this chihuahua for like 10 weeks. I'm like, just cut oh. your losses. They drove this thing two and a half hours to Tallahassee to a vet, and you know what happened? It died. Yeah, I'll be dead. I was like, I figure I could have told you all that. Y'all could have turned your back for thirty more seconds, and that thing would have died there on the porch, you know. But they loved it. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, all the things would do for your pets. That damn <laughs> dog of mine decided she was going to eat a piece of a nala bone that we didn't know she had broke off, and it was in the couch, and it turned into an eight thousand dollar vet bill. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that's Ooh. the princess, man. My bull terrier. <laughs> that's Moana, buddy. She, she, she gets what she wants. She yeah. ain't trained like the she other got, one. Yeah. Yep. Do you have dog insurance on her? No. That's a thing. I do need to get that. You get dog insurance. Yep. I don't even have insurance on me. <laughs> well, I don't either right now. Hence the uh, why the cut on my arm costs so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah. So what? Is, what made you go down south to help with the people from <coughs> Hurricane Ian? And what did you do? Well, when it first happened, I got contacted by my buddy Chase, said he was coming down from Georgia and seeing if I wanted to ride with him. He's with, uh, he's got a YouTube and uh, it's Prodigy TV and he, you know, they build all kinds of crazy cars and everything. Mm -hmm. So 
he was bringing down his Hummer on tracks because his buddy, which I didn't know at the time was a big time YouTuber because I don't really watch as much, you know, in all different areas of YouTube. Um, Danny Duncan, whose family lived down there, so we were going to go down there and take water and supplies, tarps, all kinds of stuff. They brought all kinds of stuff. So last minute, I was like, yeah, man, I'll drive down there and come out and ride with y'all and help out with what I can. So we went and started driving around through the neighborhoods on his Hummer on tracks with the, you know, fake gun on the top and the turret. It was a fake, yeah, it's oh, a fake 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't have a real one. Well, he's got the real one. Ass. It's just back in Georgia. But... <laughs> So he had that, and I mean, just driving through the neighborhoods in that, just seeing the devastation, the amount of people that were just, you know, heartbroken. They've just lost everything, but seeing their faces light up whenever you drive past them in that, and then you stop and, hey, do you guys want water? And the whole entire back is just loaded with water, and you get out and start handing it to people. Just that little bit of happiness just brought those people so much in their time of you know oh, yeah. need and just they'd come up and get pictures with it and mm -hmm. we dropped off water and then uh the following day we uh loaded back up with water and supplies and we actually went to northport and uh danny's got one of those sherps it's just an all the absolute all-terrain vehicle it's like the ultimate all-terrain vehicle and we took a few supplies up to the fire department and then moment we crossed over 75, it was absolutely dead. The rivers had flooded over 75, yeah. so they shut it down. Yeah, yeah. You can and I've never over. seen 75 that calm. It was underwater, yeah, the interstate. Yeah. So we drove over the overpass, and it was immediate water. National Guard was there, local sheriff's office, sheriff's office from all over, and just over. people. Oh, yeah? I'm tripping. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, there was just people coming up in kayaks, paddle boards, their boats, little John boats. Um, I mean, the amount of mud motors that was down there, air boats, just helping just shuttle people back and forth. You know, we were watching people come up with their um, suitcases in hand, just yeah. two suitcases from their house. And so we just dove off in the water with the... Hummer and Sherp and just started driving around and picking people up and dropping off water and we ended up getting one kid that came back from getting fuel and everything for their generators. He jumped in with Danny and we took off down miles and miles of just water. It was no dry ground except for a couple houses that looked like islands. And we come down and I mean we were every bit like water's coming over the door jams just filling up the Hummer and just cruised in. I mean, you couldn't even see the fences around us, the cattle fences. Yeah. And cruised right up to the house and got the cooler out and dropped it off to them, their fuel, and they were sitting on an island. The guy was in, just thought it was cool as hell, us pulling up in that, and was like, yeah, you know, I guess we'll see what we can do with the place. At least it didn't get to the house here. And I was like, man, well, it's a beautiful piece of property except for the water, and he goes, Sell it to you cheap, man. Three, two. It's got a den. He goes, and it's a. It, right now, it's an island house. So yeah. it, you, you are not going to buy an island house in Florida for cheaper than this. Yeah. It just, you know, it, it, it lifted a lot of people's spirits with those things. But that was my initial reason to going down. And then uh, my cousin seen everything I was doing down there. So he calls me and goes, hey, man, I'm going to go grab your smoker. I've already gotten tons of people that have donated 
everything out of their freezers up here in our little small town of Ruskin. Our family's just, our family's been there. We were one of the initial families that started the town. And uh, just the community in itself all came together and started donating food. And the next day he's, uh, my cousin Donnie, and he says, uh, you know, hey, meet me down at uh, Fort Myers Beach. I said, all right, see you there. So I drove down there the next day and we were there for two days at the Walmart parking lot, just north of uh, uh, Fort Myers Beach because you, they weren't allowing people yeah. on there anymore. And I mean, they were still flying Chinooks over and you would see containers and the news did not say at all what it was actually like down there. Like, they, they just hushed-hushed most of it. Oh, yeah. Like, the containers, you know, they were flying out there and finding just bodies after bodies. Yeah, probably uh, uh, it's uh, mobile morgues. It's just, yeah. it keeps bodies cold. Yeah, and the, the amount that they still haven't found because when that tidal surge happened, it just washed people away. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, in Panama City, you could walk down the streets that were all condemned, Yep. you know, because of it, and you could smell, you know. Oh, yeah. You could smell people who were trapped in their houses and, yep. and died, and then, and not a, not to mention the fact you just said, too, is the marsh and all that stuff of people yep. being washed into it that they're finding weeks later in yeah. the swamps, yep. you know. It's a crazy. And, I mean, we, we were there, and the department we were attached to, um, Clay County... That's no, not Jackson County, Jackson County, I think. But uh, they had a fireman uh, killed uh, doing there, trying to um, take down a big old tree branch. Mm -hmm. that came down on top of him. Wow. And, yeah. a, and a state trooper, I think, passed. I don't know if maybe, or he was retired. I'm sorry, he was a retired state trooper. <coughs> Same situation passed. You know, if you get down there, sometimes it so gets. So you were in Jackson County at the Panhandle when that hurricane hit up there. Mm -hmm. And you were at the fire department there. I don't remember the road, but it was, is it on the, if you're heading north, it's on the right-hand side, and it's like just in its own little field, kind of? Uh, there's, so I was in, the, we were spread out to multiple oh, okay. firehouses within the county. Um, so I couldn't tell you which one there's. Because I, there honestly, some Taj Mahal the moment you said it, ones. that's probably one that I passed. Oh, that, I'm sure. While I was up there in the unit driving around. But, um, well, I'm sure. Yeah, when, uh, so we stopped at a Walmart parking lot and just started cooking. And uh, first it was just everything that people had in their freezers we, and donated. We had ribs we had steak one of our buddies went down to a uh, seminal prairie a few months back the game ranch that i uh help out at, and he actually had killed a red stag and donated all that meat really so people were getting red stag burgers and <laughs> pulled pork and chicken and all i mean we had an entire probably 500 pound cooler full of meat and we were just cooking all that for him and the amount of stories like we had a lady walk up to us that you could tell was homeless before the hurricane and she come up to us and was talking to us flip-flops and a phone and then a little bit later a lady and her mom come driving up and you could tell they were more for money um not just from looking at them plus they drove up in a range rover yeah but those I guess aren't cheap yeah so but i guess they had taken the range rover somewhere and then came back yeah for some reason they came back 
Well, they ended up losing everything when they came back. So she literally had no phone. She had no shoes on. And she used to own a restaurant right there a mile down the road that just got completely destroyed. The only thing that was still kind of intact was their big indoor freezer. And she, I mean, you couldn't tell really them apart. It was, you know, and they sat there and talked and, you know, shared stories and cried and just watching them talk, you know, a lady that was homeless before the event has a phone and is charging it up at the Walmart because they had, they had finally gotten electricity there. And a lady that's a, you know, millionaire that used to own a restaurant and she literally has nothing Nothing. at that moment, no physical possessions, her restaurant that she worked so hard for to build and is completely gone and just watching them there was no, there was nothing different about anybody while you were down there everybody was equals and right. it was just it was it sucks that it takes something like that to happen but it was just cool seeing that effect right. and the amount of times i cried down there just people walking up to us and thanking us and just crying in my arms telling me the story and everything you, you can't help it you know right. when somebody's crying on your shoulder and you you're down there just cooking food yeah. You still have everything, and they're crying no, and damn well if that storm would, if that low pressure it was supposed system, to hit Tampa. So that's low, that's exactly. why my cousin wanted to go down there, and that's why I was like, absolutely, let's do this, and because it was supposed to hit us, and we would hope that if it would thing. have, you know, people Maybe. from down there or all over would come and do that for us, right? But um, you know, then I had one lady, man, her and her husband came up. They lost everything down there too, but they had a. Uh, a camper so and it was in storage in a different area so they went and got it but they wanted to still be down there in that area so they were staying in the walmart parking lot too and they came up because they don't have hot meals and they came up to us and sat there and were hanging out then came back up with a case of beer that they had and started drinking beer with us <laughs> next thing you know she comes back with a blanket and she's like, here, you can donate this. I love what you guys are doing. You guys can donate this to if you find somebody that needs it more, but I'd much rather it be for you. And they were used to be world travelers, and it was a blanket like handmade in someplace in Mexico in a little village, and she gave that to me. And I was like, no, you're gonna. I'm keeping this. It's not going to somebody else. I'll remember this forever. I was like, go get a Sharpie, and I want you to sign it for me with everything. Yeah. And man, she just started bawling just because of what we're down there, you know, what we were down there doing for them. It's not like we went down there for recognition. It was just to go down and help people out and just, you know, give them a hot meal. Yeah. And we slept in hammocks out there. I mean, it was. Well, you you had said earlier you went as far as getting contacted by. Gabe Arrington to come over to his ranch yeah. and go shoot pigs. Yeah, to he actually he there. actually called me and um, uh, was like, "Hey man, what's your Venmo?" And I said, "Man, you don't have to donate nothing. You know, you know, we've already got tons of donations. I think just from my town alone, we raised five thousand dollars. Well, probably about three thousand. But with all the donations we got from actual victims down there." that just had cash but you know they couldn't go spend it anywhere because nothing's open they were actually just donating to help us out with the cause and uh but he was like you're not going to tell me what to do i was like all right buddy so he donated to the cause and you know it helped us go back up and get more food and come back down again for a second trip 
Well, on the or the second and third trip that we did down there. Well, on the fourth trip, right before I went down, I get a call from Gabe again. He's like, hey, ma'am, you need to drop what you're doing. I'm like, why? He goes, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm <laughs> just scouting the dove field, sitting here, you know, drinking a beer, watching the birds fly in, checking the times and, you know, seeing how many are moving. He's like, well, stop what you're doing. Go get your gun head down to the camp. I said, all right, what are we doing? He goes, man, you're going back down there to cook. You might as well take some more, you know, wild game. So get down here. We're going to go shoot a few hogs. And we went down there and had a great time. Uh, helped them clear a few roads after the hurricane and the uh, flooding that happened there from it. And uh, we went out and shot a few hogs and had a uh, little girl, one of his buddies came down and uh, his daughter had never shot a deer. And she actually shot her first deer. And then um, both her and her dad were like, hey, you know, we, we're from, I think they were from Nebraska. And they're like, man, we get deer all the time. This is just her first deer, but we don't feel like flying the meat back. He goes, why don't you take it down there too? We're, we'll donate it to you as well. So it was cool, everybody coming together and helping out that. So we took it down and the last trip we went down uh, before my big hunting trip started, we cooked wild hog and deer and man that honestly Same parking that, lot? no we had actually the this one was actually on the beach now because they had opened up so mm -hmm. the first time we went down was walmart parking lot second time we went down we started in the walmart parking lot but there was already more people down there cooking now so we ended up going to cape coral and found a couple places to stop and feed a lot of linemen because nobody we heard so many linemen come by <coughs> and say that they weren't getting fed i mean they were getting like popeye's chicken i think the one day before we started cooking for them they donated sandwiches to all of them right and it was like one sandwich a piece like for and if I've a, met a couple a, linemen in my time and one sandwich ain't gonna and cut a, it. for a grown man to work <laughs> yeah. twelve to sixteen hour shifts, I don't remember which they were doing. Like, nah, that's not gonna cut it. They and a probably lot didn't of, have and work, a, yeah, and scheduled a, hours. It was yeah. probably just work till you could. And a lot of them were sitting there saying, "Look, if you guys aren't, you know, if not the area itself, but the people they're working for, if you guys aren't gonna feed us, we're gone." So we went down there, and I think we probably served three hundred people that day. And uh, the next day we moved uh, to a couple other spots. We ended up finding a nice little donation drop area and pick up. And we went and hung out with them and just met so many good people there that turned into lifelong friends that um, the one guy, uh, actually, Steve, he actually used to sing at all the local bars down there for like 20 years. And now all of them are gone. And uh, he came down to the donation and just loved us so much and hanging out with us and bullshitting that he came back later that night and somebody had donated two couches and so nobody had picked them up so they brought them over for us at our camp right there because we were also now because they liked us so much we were pulling security to watch all the stuff so nobody came and looted it at night <laughs> so we were staying up all night cooking anyway so we were like yeah screw it whatever we can do it and Steve actually came back, him and his girlfriend, Zoe, and they came back and he brought his guitar. We had live music, they brought beer. We had beer, we were cooking, live music. I mean, we yeah. just had a great time and then- Making the best of the situation. Yeah, 
and he, the next night he did it again they came down and he actually brought his other buddy that plays guitar and we i mean we had a full damn band just the 10 of us all sitting there just having a good time and so the third time we came down um his girlfriend zoe is a florist um does all kinds of big weddings and everything and they actually let us stay at their flower shop brought us air mattresses and everything because they had finally gotten power to it and we stayed there and cooked in their parking lot and got all the food ready for the next day and uh we actually they finally opened up fort myers beach and i mean we went down there and just the devastation there was ridiculous i mean there's full houses just gone foundations gone and i mean there we drove past one house that was on the beach and now it was 200 yards on the north side of the actual road yeah like the entire house just moved that's nuts man. yeah so i mean but it, it was it was good going down there and the experience stories shared friends made and you know just you have no idea what just bringing somebody a hot meal can actually do for them in a time of need so oh, yeah, dude. It, was, it was pretty cool i mean it's something to definitely be proud of yeah not uh, a lot of people was, can say they did yeah you know because yeah you can donate and all that stuff which is great but yeah. to physically go down there and spend days and it's not like you were cooking mm-hmm. for you know 20 odd people i mean you're oh, like yeah. you said you're using a smoker so you're cooking 24 7 taking yep. shifts sleeping taking shifts cooking taking shifts serving like it's yep. it's a whole ordeal and then plus on the the other side of it too like every like you said every person is devastated oh yeah so you know it's a lot of there could be a lot of negativity around which could bring you down but you kind of got to get your spirits up because you're getting theirs up it's a whole thing yep so it's definitely something to look back on be thankful you were able to do yeah the last day that we had the hogs that we caught that the hogs and the deer we got with gabe i think we probably served 300 people in three hours yeah. i mean there, at one point there was 60 people in line like we had to keep telling people to just they're gonna have to wait like 10 minutes because we we didn't have any food left on the grill we had to keep yeah. piling it back on after we took it off and we didn't sit down for all three of those hours and once we were done we're like hey I'm sorry, like, today was ridiculous, like, I mean, not ridiculous in a bad way, just it was non-stop that day. Like, most of the other times, we were able to actually, you know, keep up with sit them. down and keep up with them and, you know, take a break, let stuff actually cook. No. This time, we couldn't. What, was it, is it a pellet smoker? No, this was actually a, a wood smoker that we brought. So, you, just, finally... so you would just have... Was it like on a, on a trailer and all? Oh, yeah, or? yeah. I had a firebox on the back to where we had, you know, when we cooked... Um, I think we did 10 Boston butts all overnight, full 12 hours, just from the smoke box. But, man, once that meat started rolling, those people started coming up. We had to put the damn welding gloves on, pick up that grate, and we had to just start dumping charcoal and starting that up. My cousin brings out his propane burner and just torches it and gets it all heated up quick and white coals, and we just started having to roll with that. I mean, we were moving through I bet you all went through some charcoal. Oh, yeah. I think each time we went down it was six to eight bags you know the big 40 pound bags or whatever they are and i mean can't tell you how many chunks of wood we went through so yeah. but hey man we we cook and drink beer every single weekend anyway so why not just go down there and do it with the people there and, yep, and make people smile so that's what we did that's awesome dude yeah now how long after this 
did you start that hunting trip? Shoot. I think it was probably a week later. A week later? Maybe a little less, yeah. Now, the the hunt trip was originally supposed to be Wisconsin, just, just Wisconsin? Yep. yep. My buddy Ryan uh, met him on a gator hunt that I donated both my tags to a few years back. Uh, he does, a, he does a, a non-profit and takes out wounded veterans on hunts all over the world. And uh, I donated two tags to him. We ended up getting them a uh, seven-foot just to get the skunk off the boat and a good eating gator and then ended up getting them the next day a uh, 12 foot one. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm and those, Godzilla. Oh, dude, those boys, it was funny as hell. His YouTube video of it, that's actually what he starts the second video with is Godzilla, like yeah. the, the noise, whatever it makes, that screech. <laughs> so he told me last year, he's like, well, dude, hey, man, you said you'd never shot Canadian geese come up. So I went up last year. So this year, I helped them take out um, three veterans out on a uh, Florida duck hunt and hog hunt, where uh, you know we got to take them out. I think we shot a three-man limit of what were the black belly whistlers in 17 minutes, and uh, all with Seminole Prairie safaris. And then once we stopped that they just they they wanted to get on a hog they just they wanted to do the real thing we're like all right so we took them out and the one old man oh my god i loved him to death he eats a uh 11 years sober um god what where was he at i can't remember the war he was in a gulf war veteran and he had never killed anything he didn't do the duck hunt with us mm -hmm. And um, so he had never killed anything. Well, he was gonna shoot a hog with the thermal and then said, no, if I'm gonna do my hog, I'm gonna kill a hog, I wanna kill it the primal way. I wanna, you know, actually, you know, feel the hunt. So he wanted to spear one. And we actually got him on a hog and he ran up and speared it. And I mean, the motions that went through this dude i mean i even took the blood and wiped it under his eyes you know it was his first kill you know we're gonna do this the real traditional way and did all that and uh anyway he he fucking loved it he still calls me to this day just to check on me and just say you know hey how you doing you know tells me all about what he's been up to sends us all kinds of just horrible shit funny ass shit <laughs> and, uh, old man nasty oh, shit. old man veteran nasty <laughs> shit so i mean you you know how nasty yeah. all the jokes can be and uh so now this so now this year ryan said well hey you know you've helped out with that why don't you come up this year we're gonna do a sea duck hunt for veterans you know come up and help out with that you can help film and you know once you once all the veterans get their ducks you can shoot one i said all right hell yeah so I started the trip, 21 hours to Wisconsin. Stayed there for like three days, hanging out with his family and uh, the kids and everything. We did the whole trick-or-treating thing, but I brought up the warm weather, so it was like 75 degrees trick-or-treating in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, short sleeves, running around, no issues. Um, went out on Lake Michigan to hunt these sea ducks, and you're sitting in a layout boat and the main boat just drops you off and drives like a half mile away. And we set out decoys and everything and he takes off. So you're sitting there 
and everybody else, it's only a two-man layout boat, so everybody else just sits in the main boat. Mm-hmm. And that's all you do. You just sit Swap. there and all just talk and bullshit. And then after a few hours, if they've been shooting or whatever, then you swap. But each time they shoot a bird, you've got, you know, we got to go back and get it. So we were every anywhere between 80 to 400 foot of water <laughs> shooting these sea ducks <laughs> in a in a coffin like bathtub of a boat, and uh, the speed on these old squaw was absolutely ridiculous, and just the amount of times these guys were missing. And it's nothing on them, but, you know, they hadn't shot those kind of ducks just like I hadn't. I told them they all thought I was going to go out there and shoot because I, you know, duck hunt. But I haven't been duck hunting for more than five years. You know, that's the long, like, that's how long I've been duck hunting. So we go up there and these birds are just screaming through. And we're just listening to the two guys just out there just missing, missing, missing. And finally they hit their click on the second day. And they just start murdering them. So finally, he's like, all right, well, you're getting in now. I said, no, they need to get their birds. Let them shoot their birds. And uh, once they all finally got them, I finally get in the layout boat. And here comes uh, a pair of old squaw come in. I pick out the drake. And the captain literally said, before we all got out there, he goes, it's not like shooting a regular duck. You need to lead that bird. And I was thinking, okay, lead that bird. And he goes, no, like... The size of your F-150. <laughs> like, that's how far you need to shoot in front of this bird's face. So, this bird flies by, and I aim that far and shoot and miss. And he's like, and I all his words are coming back into my mind. And he's like, if you think you're leading enough, lead farther. So, lead a little bit farther, clips him. And the buddy that's shooting in the boat with me, he's shooting too. And I get the last shot at him, and you just see him sail. And we tell them, you know, on the radio where to go look, and they go over, and literally one pellet hit right into his head, and he just sailed and dropped. And I said, I'm done. That's the only bird I need. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, that was, that was the start of the trip. Actually, the start of the trip, when we first initially, the first day we went out to go on uh, the open water, it's a 26-foot like it's like an alumacraft mm-hmm. so he gutted most of it to where you can put bags upon bags of decoys and everything plus the people plus the layout boat so we're all tucked up under at the bow of the underneath the layout boat and we no soon as get out of the harbor and we're already hitting five and six foot like Ugh. rollers God. and it's 36 degrees and water's just pouring over the front of the boat goes straight down my jacket right into the waders and at five o'clock in the morning that will wake you up quick oh it'll wake you up and make you miserable oh yeah so they're like they pulled the plug on that um for that trip and we ended up going up to north wisconsin and hunting a different area for uh just divers and stuff like that but yeah, it was it was a it's a hell of a hunt. I can only imagine doing it in you know late November when it's actually blowing and snowing and everything out there. I mean, right. it, that would be ridiculous. So it sounds so cold. <coughs> it does. It sounds so cold. Well, that was the only time it was cold the whole time I was up there. Yeah. So I mean, that just just the heat that followed me just screwed up. Yeah, from one extreme Most to the other. other. Yeah. So from Wisconsin. 
What's the next stop? Indiana. I, uh, the uh, CEO of Duck Dens, they have uh, roto-molded um, duck houses for cavity nesting ducks. Uh, called me and said, well, if you're driving back through, you might as well come by the house again, stay the night, and we'll hunt ducks. I said, hell yeah. So I went and hung out with his family the first night, planned our hunting trip the next morning. We get out in uh, what seems to be layout boat, and uh, but you can actually stand in it. And we start paddling across. Um, no motors allowed in there so in the lake we were at, so we start paddling across, and we get up to the other side of the lake and we throw out like six or seven just wood duck decoys we were just going for woodies and a couple ducks flying before shooting light and then absolutely nothing after it was too hot <laughs> ducks just weren't flying for us i mean we could have water swatted a thousand coots you know but didn't go up to indiana for a coot shoot mm -hmm. so we just said well screw it and we paddled back and I got I went to their uh, headquarters and got to see how they build all the uh, duck dens and uh, you know hung out with him all day and finally he's like well he goes it's squirrel season he <laughs> goes I know you don't want to pay for a deer tag here but he goes but it's squirrel season and everything like that and I love squirrel hunting so I'm like hell yeah man took off and he sent me to his parents property they got like 17 acres of just you know hardwood so i went out there and sat in the pines and shot a squirrel that was the only one i seen <laughs> so i'm like well so far this hunting trip's going great i got one duck which cost me 600 dollars at the taxidermist up there because i couldn't bring it back with me to take it to a taxidermist down by me because i was going to be still on the road for a week well i thought was going to be a week and then um so got the one squirrel, Drake got to go retrieve it, so hey, the dog got to go get something, so that was cool with me. I, I got a squirrel hunting story. Um, it's probably not the best story, but I'll tell you. I went uh, squirrel hunting one time, and it was me in a 22, and I went right out there, just by myself, middle of the day, and I'm walking around, and for an hour, can't find any squirrels. And then I realized after that hour that I was, only, I was just in pine rows, there's mm -hmm. no oaks or nothing. So I realized there was no pot, there was no squirrels there. Mm -hmm. So instead, so then I just, I just jerked my gurk off, and then I came back. <laughs> as, as, one, as one does when they hunt, you know what I mean? If you ain't seen nothing, you might be like, oh, let me just Well, you're alone shit. out in the woods. You're <laughs> alone, finally. <laughs> wow. Hey, no one knows I'm alone. Wow, let me just, all right. Let me just slay one real quick, and then I came back in the house. I don't yeah, know what I did. I mean, I got lunch or something, but. That's it's you know that's my squirrel hunt story. Reminded so. me of the movie Hall Pass right there. The guy just runs out to his van, you know, turns on some slow music, yeah. you know, does his deed. You just go out in the woods, not bothering anyone. You know, yeah, I guess now we know. Uh, yeah, boys, I'm just out in the you know woods squirrel hunting. Okay. Yeah, just yep, trying just to find look, that nut. Yep, looking for a nut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like your daughter's book she wants. Uh, yeah, these these these's nuts or what I don't know. These is big nuts, these wasn't is it? These yeah, is that's big a real nuts. that's a real child's book right there. <laughs> that's good. Yep. That's good. Can't wait to see the animation in that one. <laughs> Super good. Yeah, it's gonna be some great photos in that one. <laughs> so then Indiana, you shoot your squirrel. Yep, shot my squirrel. First fox squirrel, so I was happy about that. So we've got two states down, two kills. Two kills, yep. Sea yep. duck and a, and a fox. You're on a roll. I'm on a roll. <laughs> $600 in a taxidermy bill on a sea duck. Yep. What about the squirrel? 
Oh, that's uh, that, that's going to be pretty cheap. That's the uh, shotgun shell I shot it with, hot glue, and uh, the tail. So that's, <laughs> that's oh. pretty, which I just now remembered the tail is still in the bed of the truck. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't want it stinking in, inside that's the truck. That's just a trip so to Joanne that's, Fabrics. That's smart. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so, yeah, exactly. You know, that's the cheapest part of the entire trip. Well, then that turned into Ohio. My buddy David actually grew up in Ruskin. And uh, he's a um, artist and does all kinds of um, game fish. And he called me and said, hey, you know, it's hunting season. You're already going through all these states. You might as well come over here and hunt deer. So now I'm also in Ohio purchasing another out-of-state tag and license. So there's another probably $280. Go hang out with him. It's peak rut. I think it was November 5th, 6th, and 7th that I was going to be there. Well, brought the heat with me there too. So now all the deer are moving at night. Mm. Plus it was almost a full moon. So now they're all moving at night. And uh, it didn't get cold until probably this, probably the night before the last day. And it got just cool enough to where we started seeing deer in the afternoon hunt. Nothing I wanted to shoot at. Couldn't get them to stop anyway. They were chasing does. And uh, the next day went back out, and it was actually like in the 40s. And uh, we sat in a... Uh, at first, we were going to sit in the ground blind. And I said, no, you need to go put up your climber. I said, I'm just going to go find a tree to sit at. And uh, I just went and sat by a tree. Had my hay dudes on. Didn't feel like putting on the thicker boots. Didn't feel like putting on the thicker pants just because I knew we weren't going to be out there you know, too late. So I just sat next to a tree with my jacket on. Old Florida camo hammock sitting next to an old oak tree and just took all the leaves and just buried my legs with them. And just sat there and waited and ended up only having one good buck walk behind me. Well, good buck for, you know, me to see, but I it just, it didn't make me shake. It didn't give me that buck fever. So he was a good six, you know, big bodied deer, every bit of two, 210, but I just couldn't bring myself to shoot him. I, I, my first deer still the uh, old Florida 11 point, you know, I think he measured out it. Like seven inches total, you know, so <laughs> old Florida spike. So was he symmetrical? The, yeah, oh, perfectly <laughs> symmetrical. Got him on the wall. Got him on the wall. 100%. Made a keychain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice those, little keychain. Those avenue. antlers are still in the bed of the truck, too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just couldn't bring myself to shoot that one. So, well, you know, Ohio, you can't just buy a five-day tag. So I ended up having to buy an annual. So I at least tag had to. Suit. I get to go back up there and shoot again. Round trip ticket or like flights only a hundred bucks. So, oh shit! Mm, I Not said this that. weekend it wasn't. <laughs> no. I said no. Nah, I'm gonna do that. So my trip was supposed to end there, which is when for I called you. Second or third time. Yeah. Yeah. For a second or third time. So I was. Uh, that's when I called you and told you. You know, I'm probably gonna stop in George on my way back, and then I'll be there, and you know, we can do the podcast then. Well, that turned into. My buddy, you know, saying, hey, well, if you're coming through this way, you know, why don't you just come through Nashville? Oop. So, well, I've never been to Nashville. <laughs> you know, it wasn't going to be a hunting trip. So I was like, ah, screw it. You know, I'll just go and have a, you know, couple good days and go drink some beer down there with him. Well, come to find out it was actually his birthday. 
<laughs> so that turned into an ordeal, which wasn't bad for me because I got to sleep in at his place while he had to go to work both mornings. So it sucked for him, but you know we had a great time. It was actually when the CMA awards were going on, so it was a shit, it was, show, it was a shit show. I mean, packed. But you know it was nothing that I need to go experience again. Not for ten dollar bush lights. Oh, have it. Yeah, it was. At least they, at least they got them. Though. The, pla- the places that do have bush lights are usually kind of stout. I think the cheapest we've seen was eight. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't even want to see what a Bud Light costs. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't afford it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Don't even I mean, damn, that's why we drink Bush Light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least up in every state except Florida sells 30 packs. Yeah, I know. Every state. Except Florida, yeah. You have to go up to, uh, like, Panama City to get Dirty 30s in, mm-hmm. like, Keystone or something. Yeah. Hell, I was in Louisiana. Went there for spring break, I know. I was in Louisiana, Mississippi last week for, you know, seven or eight days, mm-hmm. and they don't even sell Bush Light there. What? And the gas stations are nowhere. Texas don't even. They don't even have bush really? light. No. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? I went out in Texas and worked the border. You couldn't find a store with bush light. What? Yeah, there was only a couple, I There's think. There's some Louisiana, rum shot in the gas stations, but you can't get bush light. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you, Wisconsin, every single gas station is a liquor store. Yeah, that's how it is in Louisiana. It is nuts. It's ridiculous. You can go to their full liquor store, you get your cheeseburger, candy bar. <laughs> yep. But they don't have fucking Bush Light. <laughs> yep. I'm, like, I, I'm looking at him. I'm like in the beer freezer for 30 minutes. I'm like, I know it's here somewhere. I, I know it is. Lady's like, can I help you? So I'm like, yeah, I need Bush Light. She's like, a what? <laughs> a Bush Light. And, they, and I, when I went to Applebee's, I was like, y'all got Bush Light? She's like, a what? Like, they just well, look at you like you're Do you get stupid. Bush Light at Applebee's in Florida? Hell, I can get Bush Light at the Hooters. You get it up in the water. In Madisonville, Kentucky, you get Bush Light on draft at Applebee's. Really? That's what made me order it. (laughs) I was like, well, it's a chain. We got to have it. (laughs) Yeah, they must have it. Oh, I I went to the Hooters in Lakeland after we did the Lakeland Expo. They have Bush Light on draft. And I'm like, oh, I am sold. I will start coming here instead of Brandon. I'll start driving here. We always bitch about the apples we in uh, Kentucky, but we keep going back because I got Bush Light on draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like everywhere else, you got Bush Light. Like, we got Mick Ultra. I was like, <sighs> I like how that's like the you have this. Oh, we got Mick Ultra. Yeah, it's like what does that I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm assuming that's a no. Well, I'm sorry that uh, you had to go broke after that trip there. Yeah, that was what I thought was going to be the trip that broke me. And then that turned into the last day I was supposed to leave there. And then I get a call from my friend Lisa, <laughs> who I was going to go see in Georgia on my way back. And that was going to be the last stop of the trip. So she was in Tennessee. So that's why my buddy just said, well, why don't you just come to Nashville? So I go there. Then Lisa says, well, you're in Tennessee. My buddy just sent me this and sends me a video of a speckle belly and snow goose feed. And it's just thousands of birds. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, you need to go to Missouri. And I was like, (laughs) well, screw it. I mean, I'm already closer to Missouri right now than I am from Florida. I might as well just go to Missouri. Yep. Yep. Further away from home. So I called her buddy and drove straight to Missouri the following day and got there. And that's when the cold finally caught up. I think it was 60... 61 when I showed up, and uh, that was with uh, like no wind. 
and then looking at the weather throughout the night it went from that to 18 degrees in the morning when we woke up at uh, 4 a.m to go set decoys and the uh, layout blinds it was blowing 16 miles an hour so the wind or the with the wind chill i think it was like eight degrees Ugh. and we're just out there in it and of course my ass because i thought i you know i thought i was going home i didn't worry about gloves because i left mine in ryan's truck in wisconsin yeah because i thought i would need them up there and uh so hands are freezing the guide forgot his gloves so me and him are both just taking turns setting out decoys i'd go set out decoys he'd warm his hands then we'd swap off mm. i'd sit there with my hands in my pockets while he was out setting decoys and um so we finally get in these layout blinds and it's just like a frozen coffin like you're just sitting in the middle of the field with the wind blowing into you and we're just watching these birds but they had moved the feed the birds actually moved across the road so just i mean we got we got a seven man limit that day of uh, speckle belly geese, but it just wasn't what it, you know, what the video showed or when you got out of the layout blind and you looked to the east and it was just thousands of birds. Like it, it was just like that video. So the following morning we went and sat up with them and uh, uh, we sat up on that feed and I had, I had already started feeling sick because it fin that cold finally got there. So just from going from all that warmth that I'd been in with just a couple chilly mornings to just frozen solid, it had started making me feel, you know, just I was starting to feel the head congestion and everything. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna leave you hanging because his other guides had other clients that day. So um, they were out with him. So he was gonna be by himself guiding these guys so I said, look, man, I'll wake up early in the morning. I'll go help you set up the decoys and everything. And I'll help you set up the A-frame blind, which is so much better than those layouts because you're actually covered from the wind. Yeah. And uh, so I got out there that morning and we set up all the decoys. And he goes, dude, are you really leaving? I said, yeah, man, I think I'm going to go. He goes, I think I'm going to talk you into another hunt. I said, I don't think so, man. He goes, well, your dog needs to get a speckle belly goose and he needs to get a uh, snow goose because I couldn't bring him in the layout blinds. And uh, we didn't have any dogs the first day. And that was all I needed to hear, yeah. you know, to watch my dog go and get those because that's what he loves to do. And I love watching him work more than I love shooting. So sure enough, I ended up staying that morning and uh, had a couple boys from Wisconsin drive down and they were the other clients. And so we had my dog a little boykin spaniel drake and we had his dog as a black lab diesel and the first i mean the first volley of birds came in and they we just dumped i think six birds in that and drake took off and grabs this one first he ain't seen a bird that big in a couple years since i went to uh oklahoma and he just stares at it for like three or four seconds and I'm just watching him like dude are you gonna pick this bird up or what man come on there's more birds coming it's freezing <laughs> and he come he just grabs it and he's just prancing all the way back and that that was enough for me that that made the entire trip I mean the entire trip was absolutely incredible but watching your dog actually you know work and have a good time doing what you love is just you know that that makes it and he got 
multiple speckle belly goose retrieves, a couple uh, snow goose retrieves too, and we limited out probably within 30 seconds or 30 minutes. And we just watched after that. I mean, we just all stood up in the A-frame and just watched and the birds just came dumping in by the thousands. Really? Just, I mean, 20 yards past our decoys, just thousands of birds just landing, mm -hmm. just tornadoes of birds. And it was just one of the coolest experiences ever with um, uh, Vortex Alley Outfitters in uh, Northwest Missouri. And that was, that was probably one of the coolest things I had ever seen is coming from shooting teal down in the STAs and shooting bluebills and redheads in Tampa Bay, you know, when you see that kind of oh, amount yeah. of birds, it's it's a and whole different ball and game. Huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's amazing to eat too. So I got to bring my four back, and uh, that that's where the trip actually ended because I felt like absolute shit. So right after we got done, we took our pictures and everything. I was like, all right, boys, I'm heading back to Florida. And I just, I think I got to Tennessee and I had just passed Nashville and I sent my buddy a picture. I said, let's do it again. And he's like, he just wrote me back and he's like, dear God, no, I can't do it another night. I'm like, I wasn't being serious, buddy. I couldn't do it right now either. <laughs> so me and Drake ended up staying at a uh, rest area and slept in the truck. And man, I woke up the next morning and it was just death. <laughs> And that just made that drive back to Florida just so much worse. Now, so, so how long was the trip in total? Uh, just under three weeks. I think it was a day. Yeah, I got back Sunday. So, and I had left that uh, the Monday three weeks before. So, yeah, it was one day before three weeks. So, three weeks, we've got ourselves a seat up. Yep, old squall. A uh, fox squirrel? A fox squirrel. Was it a white one? No. It's just a regular fox squirrel. A regular fox squirrel. Yep. And four geese. And four geese. And yep. a hangover. And a hangover. And a head cold. Yep. How about it? The life of a hunter, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> How about we put in the work and just have fun doing it, man, no matter what it takes, you know, the entire trip. The entire, every driving experience was pretty much just grizzly wintergreen pouches, C4 energy drinks, and Slim Jims. So, you know, that's well, it's like Nate's you know, only a couple hours of sleep each time. So, I mean, it's no different than any other hunting whenever you're going, so. Yeah. yeah. So when Nate went to like five states to go hunt, and in the end he came back and the only deer he killed while he was gone was one, you know, 30 minutes away from his house. Yeah, I know, traveled 4,700 miles in <coughs> 2019 chasing deer. And the first time I went to the woods, when I got back from that trip, I wasn't even going to hunt. Mm -hmm. My sister wanted to hunt over Thanksgiving, so I had to climb around my back. I went in there, found a little spot, climbed up, made sure everything was good, sat down. I'll sit till, it was like 8.30. I'll sit till 10, fuck it. 9.45, I look up, here comes a buck coming out. Well, Sorry, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you weren't coming anyways. That's fine. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh, it's just weird how things work out, man. Yep. It is. But, I mean, it's it's memories. So, that's, that's you know, I, I've i been through the whole, you know, you just want to kill something. I've met tons of people that just get pissed off when they don't kill something. And, I mean, in the big scheme of things, you just got to look at the experience you had, the people you met through it, met 
all those amazing veterans that have done so much up in Wisconsin with Ryan and uh, Foul Dogs, um, Outfitters up there, Cap Mike, and I mean, had a great time with them. Got to hang out with Duck Dens, um, my buddy Zach there, and hang out with them and his family, and you know, just do what we all love doing. It's not the, you know, it's not the kill of the hunt. It's just the experience alone. But I mean, it would have been better if I killed more stuff. But yeah. you know, it, you know, you got to look at the brighter side of things, and just the experience alone was good times, and especially spending uh, all that time in Ohio with my buddy that you know, grew up in our hometown and now he's been living in Ohio, traveling, selling his art and everything and to all kinds of shows and, you know, it was cool. He he had the time of his life having, you know, a friend that actually hunt with him. He just got into deer hunting like three years ago. He's still learning all the aspects of it. And he actually just sent me probably about three days ago, His uh, he took his daughter out and she got her first deer and it was a uh, five point. That's awesome. Yep. In the same ground blind that me and him sat in. Sweet. So it was cool, you know, seeing that and hanging out with his family and then going and ended up surprising my buddy for his birthday. Didn't even know it was his birthday that I surprised him for. And then last minute call to Missouri, you know, it's just, it was a great experience traveling and just getting away from the world for a little while and just doing what I love doing. Right. Which I mean, that's how this ended up happening. All us being here today. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, said send me an address. Yep. Send me an address, <laughs> man. I, mean. I don't mind driving. I don't care where it's at. Yeah. I love driving, so I'll I'll go to anywhere. Shit. We. I mean, you showed up. You drove to the woods, met us in the woods, and I want to say for ninety straight minutes we sat there and drank beer. Yep. Shot the shit. Went and grabbed some snackies from the gas station. Yep. And then just drove aimlessly around the woods. Yep. And then found that big ass gator. Oh uh, yeah. Went again. Like yep. I said, if you would have been killed, yeah, I probably would have gotten a crazy amount of views on your death. <laughs> yeah, it's the hog cut and the gator attack that would have done it. Yeah, you know, if you ain't got, if you ain't got, pretty much tits in this world or you know injuries, that's that's about the only way you'll get views nowadays. Well, listen, don't sell yourself short. You have a banging body. No, okay. stop it, stop it. The problem is, is you don't a, show enough skin. It's a bush light and a protective covering of my rock hard abs. That's all it is. <laughs> you brought up the the hog slicing yep. of your arm. Yep. Run me through start to finish from the decision to go out that night to what recently just occurred for you. So my cousin uh, Donnie had a couple people he was uh, taking out that wanted to go hog hunting. So of course he always calls me, you know, anytime he wants to go hog hunting, that's what I've grown up doing with is running dogs for hogs and catching them. So he calls me, I meet him down at the farm, that one of the farms he manages and uh, four hog problems. So we go down and uh, he hasn't run his dogs in, you know, a couple months just because he's been mainly running traps. So we take the dogs out. We've got one dog on the box just to, you know, get a wind and then we'll drop the other dog to him. We're driving through the Orange Grove, and it's probably about a, I don't know, a couple miles in. And the last time I seen the dog was probably about a half mile back, and he was still on top of the box. And I looked back, and I said, Donnie, the dog's gone. And he goes, oh, shit. And he looks at the Garmin, and sure shit, the dog's probably about a mile away from us, from where we're at there. So we drive back the half mile stop, and he's probably got this hog bayed. I don't know, probably about four or five hundred yards in the woods. 
we let the other dog go and typically we have a catch dog well we didn't expect to get on get in on a actual boar hog that wanted to fight which you know you should always be prepared but we've caught hundreds of hogs without catch dogs so we run in we're going through briars we're you know jumping through some of the thickest woods that's out there on that property and uh we end up seeing the hog and uh uh our buddy jeff that came with us he stayed back because he couldn't make it through the first bit of the uh thick part of the woods and briars and uh so that uh we had his nephew with us i believe it was and he's a marine as well so that was you know cool getting him out on his first hog hunt and so the whole time we're running through the woods i'm sitting there telling him this is what hog hunting really is it's not just you know shooting a hog off the you know truck or anything you know like everybody does i was like this is real florida hog hunting and uh we get to this hog and he's across this ditch and uh donnie goes across the ditch and i'm looking at the um kid that came with us i say kid he's you know in his 20s and i hand him uh my flashlight and i hand him my phone because i was videotaping at the time and i said look man you need to just stay back i said once we get a hold of the hog then you can come in i said but just you know stay vigilant because if this hog comes running at you i said ditch my phone whatever you got to do just get in a tree so he's steadily holding the phone and i mean I, I shake all the time anyway, so I, I can't video for shit. So running through the woods, it looks normal. <laughs> and uh, so he's holding it, and I get over across the ditch with Donnie, and I'm sitting there holding it, the, you know, trying to get a good grip on this hog. Donnie's headlamps um, strobing out on us. Um, the kid's got the um, uh, flashlight on him well and holding it steady. And the dogs keep baying him, and I go to reach in, and I, you know, get an almost good grip and then he turns right before I can actually get a full grip on his leg and he turns at me and I step back into the shadows and dogs turn him again I reach back in again once again he slips and uh, I get back in the shadows he takes off probably about 10 feet and just dives off into the ditch and the dogs take off at him and they've got him cornered in the ditch so I get down and I slowly move up to him and right as I go to reach down, and my hands are underwater now going to grab him, and my foot catches a branch under the water, which I guess he was also standing on. So the moment it pops underwater and under his foot, he turns, and immediately I go to back up and I slip my foot in the mud, and now I'm laying in the water about waist deep, and he comes at me and I just put my left arm up, and he hits me in the left arm as I go to push him away too. And I immediately just feel cold air into my arm. I'm like, well, that's not good. He definitely got me. So I, he hits me again and just cuts like a little one inch gash underneath that cut. And he stops and is probably less than a foot away from my nose and his nose. And I'm just looking into his brown eyes. He's looking into my blue eyes and it's like we had a connection. He's like, yeah, you've had enough. <laughs> and he just turns, I mean, that that far away you know just inches away from me and just runs right past me into the woods and uh i just grabbed a hold of my arm i knew it was cut bad plus the water and i guess like once i started moving my entire arm was just numb from the shoulder so i knew i had dislocated it 
and relocated it all in one when I fell back onto a little sapling behind me. So I'm holding my arm and I just looked at the guys and I said, boys, we're going to the hospital. My cousin Donnie's like, what, dude, are you all right? I said, man, I don't know. I said, we just got to head to the truck. So I'm trying to keep pressure on it and we're heading back and we've got to cross, go through all that same brush and everything. So we go through, we go to the barbed wire fence that you can't even tell is a barbed wire fence anymore. It's just got nothing but blackberries and vines all over it. So we have to cross over that all while holding my arm. Then we get to the layer of uh, uh, brush where it's nothing but briars and it's too thick to even walk through. So I had to actually get on my back and army crawl backwards all while holding my arm. And I get out just enough and Donnie grabs me by the shoulders and pulls me the rest of the way out. And I stand up and walk over to the truck and he grabs the water out of the truck. And uh, I always keep a, you know, like a trauma kit style um, first aid kit in my truck. So he grabs everything out and uh, he starts washing it off and he can only see the corner of it because he's letting the water drain down it. And I finally lift my arm up. He's like, yeah, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, it was probably six inches wide or long and probably about three inches wide. Just filleted open. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it, a gnarly injury. Oh yeah, I mean, when, um, when we got to the uh, hospital, like we bandaged it up there and we got to the hospital and uh, I'll never go back to that hospital again. Any of the listeners out there live down by me in Ruskin, don't ever go to South Bay Hospital, they're a joke. <laughs> and um, it's in Sun City Center, so don't ever go. And uh, so I go in there, I'm waiting in the waiting room for a good 45 minutes before they even take me back. And uh, then I go back into the actual ER room and I'm sitting in ER two, and I don't see a doctor for a good hour and a half and so he comes in I'm just sitting there playing on my phone he takes the bandage off and goes oh shit he goes what happened well first of all I don't understand how he didn't know what happened because I had already told the guy up front that fills out all the paperwork to give to him so he knows what is dealing with <laughs> yeah. when he walks in so right off the bat that's a bad sign so then <laughs> uh, I go or he is like okay well we need to uh you know get it numbed up i said okay so You're he like, puts a ba- God. <laughs> he puts a bandage back on i mean I've, I've got a real high pain tolerance so it wasn't bothering me he actually even looked at me and was like hey man well do you want some morphine or something you know to you know dull the pain i was like no i'm fine for one i had just quit the sheriff's office like two no months insurance. before so no insurance <laughs> so i'm like well fuck i don't want to pay all that so i said no i'm fine i'll just deal with it he goes ibuprofen Tylenol Motrin anything I said no I'm good just you know go do what you got to do and you know let's get this done over with so I sit there for another 30 minutes he comes back pulls a bandage off puts four shots of lidocaine in it disappears again says it'll only be a few minutes for it's numb I'll come back well in comes a nurse and she just starts talking to me about hunting because she was from Kentucky and She's like, well, I'm going to give you a tetanus shot. Well, first she goes, she asks the stupid question that all nurses do when they're going to give a tetanus shot. When was the last time you had a tetanus shot? I don't know of anybody that knows the actual answer to that. So I was like, I really don't think it matters, you know, but I don't know. I was like, she goes, just. If the answer is I don't know, you're probably. I was like, just just give me the shot. I was like, I can't overdose on it. She's like, no. 
I was like, okay. So she goes to give it to me in my right arm, and I'm like, okay, I know it's been a while since I've had one, but don't tetanus shots make your arm sore? She goes, well, yeah. And I said, well, why don't you just give it to me on my left arm because, I mean, it's already going to be sore for a while. My shoulder was dislocated, and I've got this big-ass gash. She's like, smart. So she comes over, gives me the shot. Doctor comes back in, reaches up on top of the cabinet, grabs a saline solution, comes over, looks at the cut, goes, you know what, Just let's just do this. He sets it back on top of the cabinet, walks me over to the sink, which has a towel that's been there since I got there, which I can tell is dirty. It has, a, it has rust in the bottom of the sink. The sink clogs, and he's like, here, you're going to be able to clean it better than I can. Good. So right off the Good. bat, I'm nice. like, this is really happening. You know the, the that joke where people say, like, you know, C's get degrees? You know, yeah. Like, some doctors, oh, know, yeah. C students, there's one. It's right there. So <laughs> I go over to the sink. He's like, okay, can you get your arm into the sink? I'm like, okay. So I go to put it in just my, you know, forearm. And he's like, no, 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 no. We need to run water through it. He goes, I need you to bend your elbow. And he already knows my shoulder was dislocated. So he tells me to bend my elbow so I deal with the pain, put it into the sink, turn the hot water on. He's like sitting there like a mom that's putting their baby into the yeah. bath for the first time. He's trying to get it just right. I'm like, bro, I'm fine with hot water. Just apparently let me do your job. Yeah. He tell I'm expecting him to give me Hiba cleanse or you know some sort of surgical soap. He says, just use the foamy hand soap. Oh, that's good. So I reach in, I you know get a couple squirts, and my three fingers on my right hand, the first three fingers actually cleaned the inside of my own wound. So in the hospital. Yeah, and he leaves. The sink's clogging up. It's filling full of water. I get done cleaning my own wound, shut the water off. There's no paper towels in the towel dispenser. So now I've already opened the cut again from it when I got it to stop bleeding. I walk out. There's nobody at either desk. You know, they're running a skeleton crew. It's, you know, two. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. So I'm looking around. I'm bleeding all over the floor. I finally stick my leg out. I'm just bleeding all down my leg now. And I just finally just yell out, hey, is anybody going to give me anything to where I can stop this bleeding? And a guy walks around, the same guy that first checked me in, he walks around, just looks like he's annoyed at what I said as I'm bleeding all over the place. And he just grabs a towel off of the um, little cart and just brings it to me. So this towel's been in, you know, it was folded and washed, but it's in, been in the air with everything in the hospital. And the doctor and nurse, by the way, were also just coughing their lungs out the whole time I was there. <laughs> That's no crazy. masks. Or no. I, yeah, I had a mask. They didn't have to wear them. So that makes sense. And uh, so I grabbed the towel, stopped bleeding. He comes back in. He looks at me and goes, sorry I took so long. I had to look up how to suture this because it's a hog wound. <laughs> a hog wound? Yeah, just because it's, you know, it's a, you know, wild animal hog, you know, doesn't want it to get infected or anything. And I've already known because we've stapled and stitched up so many dogs, it needs to stay open in an area so it can drain. And so he does six stitches in it, which took him all of three minutes. And well, before he even did that, he starts just, he opens up the, you know, cabinet with all the equipment in it 
and he starts just pulling stuff out and leaving it in other areas, moving stuff, and then just nothing's in order anymore and just leaves every drawer open, leaves. <laughs> so now all of this is just in shambles and that. So then he comes back with the right stuff, sews it shut, puts a uh, bandage on it, and goes, okay, you're done. So lidocaine took four or five seconds to put a couple needle marks in, then or a couple injections. Then I go over to the sink, clean it out myself, which took all of 35 seconds, and then he comes back in and does it in three minutes. And I sat there for four hours. So <laughs> I finally leave, and I'm just ecstatic. My cousin comes and picks me up, and that was the end of that ordeal. It, you know, I I heal pretty quickly too, so that was, you know, a good thing. It was pretty much healed up within you know a week and a half, and I damn sure wasn't going back there. So we just took the stitches out ourselves, and uh, me and my cousin talked about it. We were like, we're not doing. I said I'm not doing that shit again. If it cuts a tendon or anything like that, which I'm very you know glad that the hog only had about you know a quarter to a half inch of teeth, because if he would have had a, a quarter more, it would have cut tendons I either would have been in the you know hospital for longer having surgeries or I wouldn't have been there because of how far we had to go if he would have cut an artery right there in that ditch yeah, it, yeah. I mean that would have been quick take the belt off kind of thing you know mm -hmm. but you're not going to think of that you know immediately and uh, so I went and made my own you know full like damn surgical kit now I got staple guns I've got quick clot all the gauze, all the bandages, everything like that. So now all I'll have to do is just go to the damn ER and just, or you know, emergency care or whatever, and just go pick up antibiotics and just yeah. do it all ourselves next time. Very good. So do it on the tailgate. Yep, exactly. And then, what? What? When was that? Oh shit, that was probably about three months ago. Yeah, I'd say yeah, about three, three and a half months ago. And then you went back out just last week or just earlier this week. Yeah, we actually had a uh, great time. One of uh, we just went out to just go out and you know shoot a couple coyotes, and it was the last day of doe week in uh, our area. So um, we went out and sat. You know, I just sat on the bucket on the edge of a field, and uh, one of our other buddies ended up coming down. He shot a. Uh, doe and then uh, shot a, a coyote and then we went and uh, sat by the fire for a little while and he's like oh man I feel like running my dogs so I was like alright so we loaded up the dogs and now is this your first time back no no no, no. I'd, I'd been back it was the first time hog hunting with the dogs again um, just because of the trip and you know um, everything with the hurricane all ended up happening and stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. plus right after the, uh, I got cut is when I went to it was Birmingham boom that's what it was there it is, went Birmingham. to Birmingham Alabama for the show and then ended up actually meeting a few uh, people there that had seen the video I posted of the cut <laughs> and they were in like Kansas or Oklahoma or something and then uh, so we went out, had a good time, and uh, at one of the um, properties. And so we loaded up the dogs and went to the area he manages. And uh, we went out and ended up uh, getting on a hog, heard the dogs take off. We brought out his two pups that, you know, he wanted to get out in the woods. They're six months old, so we took two veteran dogs out and two uh, 
young ones so they could just learn from them and we heard the hog bade and we ran probably about 70 yards into this little slough and sure as shit there was the hog and he was just he he knew he was the bad motherfucker he didn't need to move mm. plus he was butted up against nothing but vines and briars and ferns so he knew he didn't need to move in the Got a couple videos of the dogs doing somersaults, the hogs sending them into the air. He ended up actually cutting uh, all three dogs that night. The other pup just uh, was after something else down the way. Didn't end up showing up to that one. Uh, so as the hogs just sitting there, just staring at us while uh, Donnie's son's taking the one dog that got cut pretty bad under its leg, he's taking him out of the woods, holding pressure. We start looking at it and I'm like, Donnie and he goes dude I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking he goes that's the hog that cut you I said I really think it is too he's acting hundred percent the same he's just a little bit bigger which you know is normal all the acorns falling and I said he's not much bigger I said I can guarantee that's the hog and he goes me too and then he turned a little bit and I seen the uh, little bit of brown fur that he had on the right side of his face and sure shit it ended up being him and I said man you got your uh 22 revolver and he's like yeah it's in the truck so I ran back to the truck grabbed the revolver the hog stayed there the entire time he knew he didn't need to go nowhere and uh, still had the two the younger pup and the other veteran dog baying him so I go back get the 22 uh, Donnie was closest to the hog so I didn't want to move in too close plus he was there with me when I got cut so it was still you know part of the same hunt so I handed him the pistol and he ended up shooting him and the first shot with that little 22, he just literally shook it off like a gnat hit him on the side of the head. And uh, Donnie put one more in him. He scooted over into the briars a little bit, fell over, but was still hitting dogs. And Donnie was able to lean in a little bit farther and shoot him. So now I've got the head of the hog that cut me. <laughs> so, and the whole time it was nothing but the jokes about uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, and he's yeah. like, Chubbs, remember the gator that got your hand? Well, I got his head. So, he yeah, so it, it was just perfect. He's like, you remember the hog you got your arm? Well, I got his head. So it, it was, it, that's going to be the uh, first Euro mount hog that I'm going to have that has probably, you know, half inch teeth. But, you know, that's what we call the dog killers, man. They'll kill a dog faster than a lot of those hogs with the big teeth will, so... Now, all those yeah. dogs you usually use, do they wear, like, Kevlar vests and stuff or no? Uh, we normally just run that on just strictly the catch dogs only because, and most of the times it's only the cut, the Kevlar cut collars only because we're in the Florida heat. So until it gets like that, you know, bone-chilling cold here in Florida, which we haven't seen in two years, we don't typically run the full vests only because that heat and uh, weight and everything from those collars will kill those dogs faster than the hog will yeah so them running through the woods to go get the hog and then fighting it and everything i mean the hogs laying or the dogs laying on the ground after you tied the hog and you got to get that pick that dog up and get him to water as soon as you can just drop him in it and cool him off so but all these were just you know they're all bay dogs so we weren't even expecting to yeah you know get on anything again which you know We've caught tons of hogs without a catch dog, but yeah, we'll definitely be investing in a new catch dog here soon. So we ain't got to deal with that again. But it ain't going to stop me from doing it, man. It's it's the dangers involved are what makes it fun. Just like, you know, walking up yeah, yeah. close as hell to that gator today. You yeah. know, it's just, it's fun. That was a big gator. Yeah, it was a good gator. <laughs> it definitely would have had 
a lot of meat on the table for sure. Oh yeah. But you've had an eventful three months. Oh yeah, very eventful three Crazy months. Crazy three months. And all of those three months <laughs> been trying to get get together to do this. Yep, and finally. And not even just to, you know, do the podcast. The podcast is just extra gimmick. But yeah. you know, we're just trying to hang out, find oh, yeah. a reason to do it. And yeah, I mean for here, a little bit we, there I didn't think we were gonna do it tonight. We were all sitting here just bullshitting and everything and we just figured we'd plan another hunt since you showed me all the wood ducks that are here, yeah. so I'm, I'm yeah. definitely coming back. Mm-hmm. So, so I should have done today. I should have just let y'all go sit out there, and I'd have just been that guy that's a couple hundred yards away from you, just Trust mowing me, down it, ducks it while y'all were out there. It happened this morning. Oh man, it's... Yeah, I'm sure it didn't scare <coughs> shit away. So sure every least. every five minutes out there, you'd hear. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I know they're flying right over him right now, and he's probably like, trying, he's about to shoot him with his 308. <laughs> yeah, dude, the whole time. I mean, they were just whistling over the head, and I'm just watching them just dump into that little. You'd have uh, probably been fine because it wasn't five us. minutes in the tree stand. We get a text from you saying game wardens at the truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys, have, hunting, you yeah. have probably been fine. Yeah, I would 110 percent been fine. That's how much it shows you that I don't deer hunt really because. I mean, I even told you guys before we started, I probably wasn't going to shoot a deer. It's not doe wheat. I mean, it's no meat like doe meat. So <laughs> I was just going to go sit up there, and if a hog came by, shoot it. And then y'all just called me up here and set me up for failure. Game warden comes up while I'm <laughs> the first one out there. Then Trevor shows up, and he's sitting there with me, and whoop, here comes the game warden again. Back. Hey man, that's a nice truck, man. Are you the Florida camo guy? No, I just you know I'm rep for them and I help you know get their you know apparel into stores and everything. And well, you know, okay, man. Yeah, we we see it a lot up here. It's 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 blowing up. I said, yeah, man. It's it's a great product for everything in the state and you know all the lower you know states. And then he just turns it around. You guys got your hunting license? Yes, sir. Small talk, no, small talk business. Yeah, I had no problem <laughs> showing it to him. He's like, y'all get anything? Like, Hell no, man. I said I should have went duck hunting. I just started talking about that, and then I even said I was like, man, it takes way too much for me to have to shoot a deer if it doesn't, you know, give me buck fever. And I've let multiple eights and six points walk away in Georgia, and I just, you know, it it, it would have to take something big for me. So I was just gonna shoot a hog if I seen one. And he goes, he hand. I was talking to the other uh, FWC officer, telling him that and the other guy walks up and hands me my phone back for the you know the fwc app and he goes well it doesn't show that you got your deer permit i was like well truthfully i thought that was just with the hunting license you know because you know florida resident that just shows you how much i don't hunt deer in my own state and he goes no it's just an extra five dollars man you just gotta you know just go on your phone and do it i'm like okay i mean i was just really gonna just shoot a hog out here i said are hogs on it and he goes no hogs don't matter you can shoot hogs i was like oh okay and he goes yeah so just go ahead and buy your you know deer tag so i'm sitting there going through my phone buying the deer tag and he looks at me and goes well man if you're having problems with it because there's no service he goes don't even worry about it he goes just do it later i said okay yeah man and uh then he goes i'll just write you a warning for not having your deer tag (laughs) <laughs> After all that, I'm like, man, are you kidding? <laughs> well, I didn't say that to him, you know. It was it's simple mistake, no problem, you know. I don't really hunt deer too much in Florida, so I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. I thought it, you know, it's a you know mistake that I made, and you know, I should have paid more attention. So it's my fault. So whatever, it's just a warning. And uh, we just sat there and bullshitted for a little bit longer, and then they got in their truck and drove off. And 
then y'all just come meandering up. It's like y'all were just waiting in the woods, seeing him sitting there like, oh, we'll just we'll hang back, let the guy that we invited up here deal with him. No, I, we, we I had no been. idea. We might have been. I, I saw, yeah, like, been, I, saw I thought I saw a light from you, so I thought it was just you in the stand signaling like, hey, Did I'm he have down. a flashlight or anything? Oh, 100% he had yeah. a flashlight. Yeah, it was this bright-ass flashlight that he had. I thought it was you. No. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, I literally said, I was like, damn, he's got a brad-ass flashlight. Nope. We're still waiting. Yep. I just got to the bottom of my tree, and I seen the flashlight shining out there where yep. I was at. I was yeah, he goes, his exact words are, well, he's got some fancy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like I got fancy shit, but I the simpler it is, the better, man, but I just like being organized. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I most of my flashlights and most of the stuff in that deck system are all Amazon. Yeah. And cheap shit off Amazon, man. When you hog hunt so much, you just want the cheap shit, you know. And you out there duck hunting and everything. Now, I don't really see the point in buying all the big time money stuff when, you know, if you, as long as you got a good product and it does the job that you need it to and it's, you know, durable and lasts you a few years, that's all I need. And a couple $20 flashlights and, you know, good waders. You know, I always use Tidewe waders and, They've been great to me, and you know most of their gear is what I use. So I mean, it just you know you don't need nothing expensive. So I just, I like having that kind of shit. Yeah. And FWC gets some fancy shit, and his flashlight was bright. Brightest damn one I'd seen yet. I know Trevor immediately just grabbed his pistol off aside, just unlocked, unracked everything <laughs> out of it, set it on the thing, and hell, he ended up knowing the guy and the guy still gave me the warning <laughs> well he probably don't like trevor oh no they i guess <laughs> helped each other out a couple times shit i mean he like they talked like they were you know known each other for you know a little bit but oh well i mean that was just a I, I guess it's like just i said i used to do it and you know i i've got no problem with it you gotta just respect it sitting you know they're out there with nothing but people that have guns so i mean i love what they do and you know i I wish the actual people above them would get their shit together, especially oh, yeah. with tags and you know quotas and all that kind of shit and most of the stupid ass laws they have. But you know they're just out there doing their job. So mm -hmm. most of them are cool as shit. So I mean they were cool. It was just you know really weird how cool he was, but yet still did gave me a warning in a cool way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, no problem, buddy. Here you go, man. It's, it's no big deal. It's just a warning, man. You ain't got to worry about nothing with it. And I was like, all right, man, no problem. Then they just <laughs> talked for like a second and a half, two seconds longer, and then got back in their truck. All right, boy, see you. And it was over. And I thought they were waiting for y'all to walk out because that's what we were doing. We were waiting for y'all. We thought they were just going to Yeah, they're like, right the mass not adding up. There's two guys in three trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I didn't see And we didn't there. have no flashlight because I, I didn't, we didn't. I didn't even have a flashlight tonight, and my phone died. So they're probably yeah, thinking nothing. that these dudes are being outlaw-ish oh, yeah. as fuck. They, they're probably thinking, oh, those dudes got four or five does probably hitting Oh, yeah, they got them stacked in the back. <laughs> no, not us, dude. dragged I off just, in the palmettas. Dead phone? Yep, just dead phones. But, uh, Jared, where could the people listening, where could they find you at, man? Oh, man, the only... The only social media that I do, you won't really see me on TikTok. I have one, but that, I just I can barely control it with Instagram right now, just because of the algorithms and how hate bashed hunters are. So, but uh, Instagram's Bird Dog Busby underscore BDB, and uh, 
fretting, you know, if I've got connections all over the place. So anybody that's looking for any kind of hunts, if you just give me a contact, I can put you in touch with the right people and get you set up with people I've actually hunted with myself and that I actually know to actually be good people. And, you know, it's hunting, you know, sometimes you may not get that animal, but it's the, you know, it's the joy of the hunt, but pretty much everybody I go with has, you know, up in the 90% of yeah. getting your animal. So anywhere from Osceola's to, you know, birds in Argentina. I mean, I can get you anywhere. How about it? So. Well, appreciate you making the trip all the way up here to old Dixie County. Oh, it's it's happening again real soon. Love so it, it's then. only a three hour drive for me, man. And shit, you're only couple minutes from me yeah i'm not i mean so 35 I mean, 40 minutes from you and that's just 75 to i-475 yep so you'll have to come down and do some hog hunting with me how about it i'm all ready oh yeah keeps me at home yep exactly <laughs> well thanks for uh thanks for doing this man i appreciate you hey man thank you guys for having me on and bringing me up here and getting my uh first deer warning you know, and, you know watching, watching, te watching uh, Woody's fly over me as I'm sitting there with my 308. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, good shot. It's with good a smash times, one. man. Good, good times. Good shot with a smash one. Cold man. beer and good friends, man. That's what it's all about. Hey, man, right. it was nice to meet you, bud. Yeah, man. You guys too.